What up? We are back again today. Here we go. Another beautiful day. Another wonderful Saturday of Big Ten action in the books. And I cannot wait to dive into what we saw yesterday because really around the Big Ten, it was a little odd. I'm not going to lie. Week 10 had some ups, had some downs for some teams. It is so much fun that we're back in the Big Ten where we're able to see them play off, face... uh, face off against each other, play against each other. So much more fun uh, than just seeing, uh, you know, Michigan whoop on Colorado State. So much more entertaining. We really do love the Big Ten here, obviously, because we are the Big Ten football-focused podcast. So can't wait to get into it with you guys today and so much more as uh, the season just kind of is rolling along. I looked up and a little sad that we're already at week 10. Uh, You know, some teams, pretty much three games left uh, of the regular season. Some teams may have four around the nation, but kind of starting to see the the picture a little bit more clear and exactly what we said would happen on Thursday. Some of those things did happen. Uh, We're going to be getting into it in right and wrong. Of course, uh, we'll be doing that uh, towards the end of the show. But first... Let us start off this podcast with what happened yesterday. And I want to start off with a game that I did not think I would be talking very much about. I actually wrote it off as kind of a boring game, the back burner game, and that is Iowa taking on Purdue. Iowa's offense finally came alive. They finally did anything with the ball, even though Purdue did, in my opinion, play a little bit better. Uh, They finally came alive, and it was so much more fun to watch Iowa when they were good than just downright terrible. Now, in my opinion, this was Iowa's week. If they lost this game, I mean, they were looking at a very, very ugly couple of weeks taking on Wisconsin and Minnesota after uh, they're five and four in the Big Ten they're trying to to kind of salvage this season and I said on the road against Purdue Purdue has won four of the last five I did not see this game I if you would have told me that Iowa won I'd be like okay it would have been close if you would have said Iowa won by a couple of touchdowns I would have been like what happened now Iowa to win by three touchdowns is insane congratulations to the Hawkeyes and maybe they're back on track maybe they've got through uh uh, some of their kinks, uh, you know, worked those those kinks out. But personally, I think that Purdue had an off game. I don't know what's going on with Purdue. They're probably the hardest team so far in the Big Ten to predict because they play. They've played everyone tough up until now. Um, you know, uh, one drive against Penn State, one drive against Syracuse. Uh, had way too many turnovers against Wisconsin. And I was like, okay, coming off of a bye, they're going to get it. Purdue's going to play well. Just look downright awful. And that is just super, super uh, sad because I wanted to see them take on Illinois with a little bit more, you know, the chips are a little bit more pushed into the table. But right now I'm looking at it. Uh, Purdue, to, to salvage the season, uh, yeah, you're, you'll probably win the, your last couple games, but a 7-5 and five season was not what we predicted. All right now they're 5-4. and four. Maybe they went out. Maybe they go 8-4. and four, But I thought they would be better. I thought they would be upwards of 9-3. and three. 
I thought Purdue could be challenging for the Big Ten title, and it's just not the case. And it's actually kind of sad that that they didn't, they weren't able to get there. Uh, I wish that uh, they would have, because I would have been cheering on the Purdue Boilermakers. I thought they were a lot better than the, than the last couple of weeks. Maybe they bounce back against Illinois. However, I don't think so. But congratulations to Iowa for finding their offense, 187 yards. I believe rushing uh, passed the ball really well as well. Uh, they were efficient on third down, and they won the game. Congratulations to Iowa. They really suck it to Purdue. The next game up that we wanted to touch on was the Michigan State-Illinois game. Now again, I've, I've gotten a lot of pushback from you guys, the viewers, uh, and, and we'll get into a couple of viewer questions after right and wrong, but I, I've talked a lot about Illinois, and I kind of bashed Michigan State pretty hard. A lot of people came came to me and said, you know, that was, that was really tough. Uh, you know, Michigan State's just you know, down year. Uh, that game against Michigan was just ugly. And, and I did call them out for their crap uh, afterwards, the, the kerfuffle afterwards. And I thought it was going to be kind of a, a stain on the season. It was going to kind of, uh, you know, if, if Michigan State played bad, then the coaches could say, well, you know, it was this, we were just kind of disjointed in the locker room. But, but I give kudos to Michigan State for pulling it out playing well against Illinois on the road. Very difficult place to play right now. Uh, I thought Illinois would be kind of filling themselves after being ranked for the first time in the college football playoff rankings, right? I believe they were 15th. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where they fall to after that, uh, you know, ugly loss, 23-15 uh, to 15 to Michigan State. So you never feel like Illinois got going. Uh, I, I think Illinois is a lot better of a team than what they showed. Uh, I think, in my opinion, they were looking forward to that Purdue game, knowing that if they beat Purdue, they seal uh, the Big Ten West. And, I mean, they still, I mean, if they lose, I guess everyone's kind of tied. However, they do have uh, tiebreakers over Iowa and Wisconsin, so they'd be tied with Purdue uh and then I, I don't know how it would get into a coin flip, but they're even better than Minnesota. They, I mean, you, you look at the rest of the, the games for Illinois, uh, and they have Purdue on their side of the, the, the conference. They have Michigan, other side of the conference, and then they have Northwestern, which is their side. So, I mean, I think they seal it up, with obviously, with a win against Purdue, um, but I think they would still go even if they lose this game. But... Uh, I think they're looking ahead a little bit too much right now. They've, they've dropped down to 21st. I still think they're a really good football team. But again, it's, it's just like boneheaded mistakes at the inopportune times. Uh, Michigan State rallied. This was basically their Super Bowl. They had to to win this to see any sort of relevant. Uh, they're four and five right now. They're looking at Rutgers, Indiana, and Penn State as the last couple of games of the year. So uh, as you're kind of looking at that, Michigan State had to win it because if they go to, uh, you know, three and six, and they're looking at those three, they'd have to win out. So this was definitely a big win for them. They had to win this game. And Michigan State basically is playing in elimination games on the way out. So they're going to have to beat Rutgers. They're going to have to beat Indiana. Uh, if they do that, at least they get to 6-6 six and six and they get to a bowl game uh, if they lose to Penn State. But uh, every game for right now for Michigan State is an elimination game, which could put a little bit of uh, stress. But sad to see Illinois not winning that one. I want to see more representation in the, the college football playoff standings, right? I thought Illinois was a great candidate, but just just down a little bit. Kind of kind of a bummer to, to see that. And then the last game I wanted to touch on because I had a lot of people uh, call and ask questions, have, have, have written in, uh, and that was the, the Ohio State-Northwestern game. Uh, obviously, we were so far off on, on the prediction. Uh I guess, in in my opinion, I 
I didn't think weather would be that much of a factor. I did look at the weather forecast. Uh, I don't. I, I did it on Wednesday. It's obviously subject to change. I check every uh, Saturday morning before you know we're locking in bets and stuff like that. But uh, I did not think that you know Northwestern would own them the the, the way that they did. Uh, now they won the game, and, and I don't want to react. I, I hate reacting to, to almost losses or, or close games and stuff. Northwestern had the ball longer than more first downs. Uh, they were more uh, you know, efficient on, on third downs. They had more yards. This is just not a good... Uh, this is just not a good Northwestern team. Maybe Northwestern of, of two or three years ago when they had their run to the Big Ten title, they might have been able to pull it off. But, uh, you know, passing yards were, were, were next to none. It was basically all on the ground. Ohio State had better players up front, and that's what won the game. Uh, Northwestern, I, again, I, I, I don't think I predicted a team so wrong this year. They're probably the, the worst prediction I've had of a 1-8. and eight. I didn't think they'd get to a bowl game. Uh, but right now, sitting at 1-8, and eight, I, did, I did not think. I thought they would at least be, uh, you know, in the hunt to be making the the to make a bowl game. Did not see him at that. If I'm an Ohio State fan, I, again, I would be too nervous. When are you going to be p- playing in those conditions? I mean, maybe you're like, well, it's the Big Ten. It's, you know, the Midwest. It's 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 what we do when it gets snowy, windy, and rainy uh, this late in the fall. But, you know, in my opinion, I, I just think Ohio State's just a little bit better. They, they were able to, to avoid a really ugly game. Uh, they were on the road, and, and they'll be looking to bounce back next week against Indiana. So, interesting to see. I'm excited to watch uh, these next games. So, let's jump into, uh, for those of you who are new, we, we like to do right or wrong. We want to jump into that. It's every single week in the season we make predictions. Uh, we do a... a, a podcast you know recapping on monday and then we like to do a betting podcast looking forward uh to that next week uh we were all right this week all right i wouldn't say great we like to predict all of those games right and in the in in that we 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 give out picks for the spread and then we give out picks of if you just want to do an outright pick on the the money line you want to walk walk away doesn't matter what kind of money you're taking right you're just going to say hey i'm going to be picking in this team it is what it is i'm going to be walking away with with you know you know four dollars one or whatever it is right and so we always do that we like to predict every single game we give out our game predictions and then so we always like to, to to revisit some of those predictions where we were right and where we were wrong um, from the week before. So let's first off, let's do right. Uh, Penn State, we were right with the, uh, you know, with the points and the money line. Uh, we said take them at, at 13 and a half. We were right. Great on that. We were right with the outright picks of Ohio and Minnesota. And we were right on the Wisconsin minus five and a half. Kind of disappointing show for Maryland. Uh, interesting to see how they kind of finish out the season. Uh, they've been up and down. And that was kind of a, a down game. But we said that we liked Minnesota in that spot. And then winning outright. And then Michigan, same thing. Through half, I was a little nervous. Uh, but Michigan turned it on. Kind of slept, walked through that first half. Against Rutgers, they, you know, they turned it on. Uh, we were right with the minus 26 and a half. And the money line if you want to call it that or you know that the outright win so we felt really good about those uh those predictions and uh i'm i'm really looking forward to this next week now where we were wrong we'll do a little bit of a mini segment after this uh we're right on some of those other predictions but uh where we were wrong purdue we were wrong on the points minus four and a half and and iowa outright winning we were wrong with northwestern they covered that 38 and a half i thought you know maybe under perfect conditions they cover it when you only have 76 yards passing not going to be putting up that many points um and then uh, michigan state we were just 
outright wrong on that. We said take Illinois with the points, take Illinois to win it outright. We were wrong on those two. And then Nebraska plus 12 and a half uh, covered uh, towards the end of the game. They got that final cover. was kind of uh, kind of frustrating because I was hoping that we could get it. Brought the week to three and four. The outright picks to five and two. Our season totals were 40 and 31, which were sitting about almost 57%, right? About 56, 56, 57% uh, on the season. We're trying to get to 60, so we're going to need a couple of winning uh, weeks to, to then get us over that hump, especially when we have three weeks left uh we'll obviously do bowl games and everything but we're going to try we're trying to stay above that uh obviously 50 percent mark but we're trying to hit 60 percent right now we're at 56 still feeling pretty good about that and then uh just outright picks were 81 percent we're 61 and 14 for the season so we've been right on it we've just been wrong on some of our numbers we need to get those uh if we could combine that then if we are 81 percent of the season it'd be like i'm a nostradamus but uh, i'm excited to see this next week i think there's some good numbers already right out of the gate and uh i think there's gonna be a lot of good games uh, coming up this next week that we can make really good predictions on so stay tuned if you have if you don't listen uh be sure to to listen to that thursday podcast as, as we release those those betting lines and then uh and then we kind of give you what we would do in, in certain scenarios the other thing i kind of want to toot our horn about is that we were right on on clemson clemson falls to notre dame we said that they were posers we said that they they shouldn't be taken seriously it felt like the committee was basing uh clemson and alabama based on what they have done in the past you know uh echoes of of tua and jalen hurts right alabama echoes of trevor lawrence and deshaun watson it felt like the committee honestly i don't know why I don't know if they watch all of the games. I don't know what they're basing it on. I I, I truly don't. But having Clemson that high, Clemson, I I don't think should even be in the top 15 at this point. They're not good. The ACC is is weak. I I think that uh, in uh, in a game, I would take Illinois over over them uh, right now. I think Illinois is better. I think Penn State's better. And uh, you know, just looking at the entirety of, of the of the Big Ten, definitely way stronger than the ACC. So it's good. It's good. I'm excited. We'll be talking about the release of those rankings coming out uh, this next week. Uh, once when you know on Thursday they'll release them. I think they release them on Wednesday. So we'll talk about them uh, on that Thursday podcast. But we were dead on on, on Clemson. I still think again. Uh, you you know you see Tennessee fall to Georgia. We'll see what happens in the in that title game. Obviously, with Bama losing, it kind of knocks them out. LSU, Ole Miss sitting at one loss. But if Georgia beats those teams, then it's going to be an argument between Georgia and Tennessee, with Georgia with the head-on win, unless Georgia loses, which I don't think they're going to. Uh, and then, and then Ohio State and and Michigan. I, if both teams, if it's a close win, what do you do with it? Uh, TCU still kind of lurking, uh, you know, waiting to to see what what they do. Uh, I know that USC and and UCLA might have something to say about that. The winner of that game might have something to say. But really, I would I would love to see. Um, I'd love to see two Big Ten teams, Michigan and Ohio State, get in. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love to. It's kind of setting up for that with Bama being eliminated. Uh, Tennessee having a loss. Now, that that would be the best loss out there. Uh, but if Michigan or Ohio State lost to, to either one of their rivals, then you know, that would be the next best loss. So uh, very interesting. The committee's got a very, very tough decision coming up, especially with an undefeated TCU. If they continue that going forward uh, or a one loss, you know, UCLA team or one loss USC team. Very interesting. I'm excited to be talking about that on that Thursday podcast. So we are dead on on that. So I do have a couple of of questions. Uh, One is coming in from Rick out in Chicago. Uh, Rick wanted to know why, 
were you so hard on his Spartans? Man, a Spartan fan out in Chicago. The reason uh, we'll do a couple of these these user questions just because I think it's it's fun when you guys when you guys uh, reach out and stuff. The reason why I was so hard on Michigan State was Mel Tucker. Um, uh, I can kind of be honest on this, right, is I, I loved the University of Colorado. I've loved it uh, ever since I, I went to Boulder. I thought it's been a great city. Uh, I've read everything about Colorado, you know, the program. Uh, I, I love following track and cross country. They were always really good. Uh, anyway, so I, I follow Colorado since I was probably junior high, uh, and I really do like like Colorado. And so once when Mel Tucker got there, it felt like there was a change at Colorado, and I said, Mel Tucker is a really good coach. He can kind of get Colorado back on track. And I was really looking forward to seeing him, you know, do that at Colorado. I felt as though uh, if Colorado was, you know, I, I thought Mel Tucker was a, was one of the better coaches in the Pac-12. I thought that he was better than, you know, uh, Jed Fish at, at Arizona. I thought he was better than Herm Edwards at Arizona State. I thought he was better. I mean, we could go on and on about where he would have been ranking Justin Wilcox uh, at Cal. Um I, I really saw it, and then they gave him this massive contract. He then dips to Michigan State. So I'm, I'm not going to lie, a little salty that, that he left Colorado. Uh, and then last year, it just never felt like – I always felt like it hasn't been his kids. It hasn't been his system. He's been kind of going off of, you know, Antonio prior to him, uh, you know, however long he was there, what, 17-plus years or whatever, 15-plus years. I mean, he was there forever, and he was kind of just going off of reputation. And his first year, obviously 2020, you can throw it out, not a great year. But last year, 11-2, and two, everyone was talking about, you know, how great Michigan State was, and I just didn't see it. And then this year is about what I thought Michigan State was going to do last year. I didn't think they would be um, – I thought they'd be a little bit better this year, about 8-4. and four. Uh, and, and so I was hard on him on the fact that I felt like the coach needed, you know, fighting players and stuff like that. Personally, I think that's the, you know, that comes right into culture, comes right to, to who are you recruiting? Uh, you know, what are you setting an example at, at, at practice? What's going on? And so I came down really hard on the Spartans. The players, like I said, you've got to be able to separate art from artists, but they're out there competing. I thought that should have been more of a, a coaches to, to, to stop that, knock that crap off. So that's why I came down hard on the Spartans. Uh, but there you go. Thank you, Rick, for, for submitting that. That was a great question. Uh, I'm still excited to see where Sparty goes after this. Uh, I think that they can make a little bit of a run. If they win out, uh, what do they make them? Seven and five. Is this season salvageable? Sorry, tough word to say. Uh, And then if you win a bowl game, you're eight and five. And and that's right. I I mean, I had them at eight and four for regular season. Uh, Obviously, that puts you right in the middle of the pack, right in the middle of the country. But, I mean, you have an argument uh, for bottom of the top 25, but definitely top, you know, of 40 team out there if you're if you're sitting at that that that's that record so uh interested to see what what comes of sparty in the next couple of weeks and then we'll do one more question this is coming in from my guy thomas thomas thank you for submitting a question and here is the question wisconsin has played well the last couple of weeks would you continue with this current coach or would you go out and hire somebody new 
Great question, Thomas. Thank you for submitting it. And I'm assuming you're out in Wisconsin, so that's good. We want to grow our, our market in Wisconsin. Uh, we're really big in Chicago. That's a lot of a lot of people out there listening to us. So we want to get into Madison. We want to talk about that. So thank you for submitting it. Uh, Wisconsin is a very interesting team, obviously, with, with the release of Paul Christ. Uh, and you look at their losses, Washington State, uh, Ohio State, Illinois, and Michigan State in double overtime which again could have been a go-either-way game. Wisconsin, I don't feel like, is in, in as bad a shape as Nebraska, as in bad a shape as Iowa right now. And what I'm scared, Thomas, and Wisconsin fans out there, is you're going to talk yourself into uh, the defensive coordinator. I should know his name off the top of my head. I'm kind of blanking on it. But you're, but you're going to talk yourself into it. You know, okay, since he took over, you know, we're, 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 we were able to win some games, right? We were able to meet... Northwestern, uh, beat Purdue, beat Maryland. We're feeling good, right? And you're like, okay, and even if we win out, we beat Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, we go 8-4 and four on the year, and then you go to 9-4 and four if you win a bowl game. That's a pretty good season, and you're going to kind of forget about those ugly losses of, of Illinois, that ugly loss against Ohio State, and that you know downright horrific loss at home to Wazoo at the beginning of the season. You're going to kind of forget about it. But what I don't want you guys to do and Wisconsin fans is, is, is trick yourselves. This happens a lot. And, and let me tell you why. Uh, I, I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, uh, for a long time, even now, I mean, even now with, with, with Todd Bowles, but for a long time, it was always, it was just kind of a revolving door and the Buccaneers would go out and try to get a splashy coaching hire. They had Greg Schiano, uh, Dirk Cutter, uh, you know, after Gruden, there were a lot of guys just going in and out, Lovey Smith and, it never felt like the Bucks. So when Bruce Arians got there, it was like, okay, it felt like he was established. He was good. And then, you know, he gets, you know, uh, moved up to the, to the, the, you know, executive office, whatever he is there. Now we have Todd Bowles and in a, in a, you know, where I've liked them and I know it's not the, the, the same between college and pro, but I've been through a lot of coaching changes and I wouldn't go chase, uh, or, or, or convince yourself of, Hey, he's good. He's serviceable. You know, he's Wisconsin. I would go and try to make a, a better, the best hire out there possible. I think there's a, a huge list of names. Uh, I've said it, Jeff Trailer out of uh, UTSA. I would go and talk to him. Another one that not a lot of people are talking about and getting more in the, the SEC realm. And I know that, you know, he, he had his, his issues at Ole Miss, but Hugh Freeze is putting on a master class at Liberty. Uh, I would give him a call to see if he would want to come up to the Big Ten. You're on the easier side of the conference. You're not playing Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, year in, year out. You're on that side. Uh I would give him a call. I would try to, I wouldn't want to convince yourself of that. Uh, there were a lot of times, like I said, as a Bucks fan, you were happy with Lovey Smith because he went, we went eight and eight every single year. And you're like, yo, we will get it next year. It was a quarterback. So, oh, we didn't have a good defense that year. Sometimes it's just, it's just the way it is. And I know that Wisconsin's built on defense or built on running the, the ball and everything. But I think, Hugh Freeze, Jeff Trailer are two guys that I definitely would call. Uh, get a little bit offensive-minded. Mix it up a little bit. The worst thing you want to do is be stuck in irrelevance uh, just because this year nobody's talking about you. And you can go from from relevant to irrelevant right? really, really quick. We've seen that with both Wisconsin and Iowa. Now, Wisconsin, I think, is salvaging their season better than Iowa is at this point, just in my opinion, looking at the games that they've won and, and the games that they've played. But I think if, if Wisconsin wins out definitely uh 
you know, interesting. Just don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to convince myself, oh, he's good. What would I, what I would do is I go try to find an outside hire. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see who they end up getting. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think the Wisconsin job is better than Nebraska. Uh, I think at its peak, Nebraska would be better hired just because a lot of, for whatever reason, a lot of media attention goes to Nebraska football. Uh, that's what they've got. And Wisconsin, sometimes I just feel like they, they do get forgotten up there. So I would get somebody who's just a good offensive mind. I like those two coaches. But again, uh, once when the season ends, we're going to do a lot of different uh, podcasts, diving into to different kind of issues and stuff like that, even getting into the dynamics of UCLA and USC uh, joining the, the Big Ten. And I'll, I'll definitely go through it, but I wouldn't want to convince myself they are playing playing great. I think that they can win out. I do like the last couple of games they played. It shows a lot of character. Even the double overtime loss, they, they, they're, they're, they're continuing to fight. They're playing hard where it feels like Nebraska's kind of given up. Wisconsin's still in there fighting. So interesting to see, but I wouldn't want to convince myself of, oh, well, he's serviceable or he's a Wisconsin guy. I would I would keep it up. I'd go get a great recruiter offensive of mind. That's my thought on it. So thank you for the submission, Thomas and Rick. We will continue to do this. We, we, we like to do that on our Monday podcast podcast just because it uh, it allows us to interact better with you guys. Again, I, I just have opinions. I'm just going to be throwing them out there. This is your guys' show, so send in those submissions. Uh, follow us at Big Ten Pod on Twitter. We'll be happy to, to talk to you guys back and forth. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends. Continue to support this podcast. We'll be back in the studio on Thursday rocking with you. Be sure to download, uh, like, rate, and review for all of us so we continue to get better here at the Big Ten Football uh, Focus Podcast. Until Thursday, have a wonderful week. 